Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Dr. Ken Resnick has over 30 years of experience working as an educational psychologist. The majority of his work involves engaging with parents who have childs diagnosed with barriers to children or have a child diagnosed. He believes that the role of the parent has largely been omitted as the most significant player in a child's education. He has thus developed a guideline entitled the Smart Choice Parenting Program to focus on the educative adult-child relationship as a collection of activities. This, he believes, will enable them to effectively deal with the child's behavior and development. And he joins me now to kind of map this out and explain how it works. Um, Dr. Resnick, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much and thanks for inviting me. Um, Dr. Resnick, you've worked for a lot of time in private schools. At the outset, do you think that private schools have different pressures on the kids than government schools or public schools do? I'm not so sure about pressures, but I do think that in terms of discipline, their growth, the way they're overprotecting and just allowing kids, no boundaries. Um, our kids, the twins, were given a scholarship at a very fancy private school. They could not believe the value system. There are some parents, for instance, that are giving kids 3,000 rand to get a false ID book so they can go into over- overage clubs. So their value system is very really like protected. And very inappropriate because somehow we've lost the plot regarding discipline, regarding giving kids responsibility, we're tending, we're tending to overprotect, and kids are in charge. And I can tell you from my experience in the majority of homes, there's screaming and shouting. And if there's screaming and shouting, the kids are in control and there's chaos. And that is a big problem. Child rearing, you mentioned in your book that child, child rearing does not come with a manual. Mm. And... It's quite possibly the most difficult thing you will ever do as a parent. That is, that's your job, actually. Mm. And people are, I think, quite clueless. Why do you think we are so clueless in, to do something that should be instinctively part of our, our culture? I All right. I, I, I gave that a lot of thought. I think, number one, we're psychologizing things too much with children. And this approach is an educative approach. And what do I mean by that? We should be the primary educators in guiding children to adulthood. Now, to use an example, if you take the Khoisan people, uh, they're the primary educators, those parents. At an early age, they take their children out into that hostile environment, teach them to hunt, recognize berries, etc. I don't think you're going to find an ADHD Khoisan baby <laughs> or an oppositional defiant Khoisan because the parents have prepared them. And what we're doing, we're keeping kids behind a wall or in a bubble while their world is growing. And then all of a sudden, they're 18, they don't even know what, what they're going to do. There are so many kids dropping out of varsity and staying at home. They've got the car, they've got the girlfriend, and they're in control. So nobody's really helping parents understand. And there's so many kids in therapy, so many kids being diagnosed with all sorts of disorders, <laughs> and too many p- kids being uh, uh, medicated. And uh, it's, it's unacceptable now. And I think there's more and more thinking along the lines of doing something wrong. You started by saying we over, maybe over-psychologized. Is, mm. is that the term you use? Are our kids being over-therapized and over-medicated as well? No question. We, 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 we bring up kids as though they're made of fine glass that they're going to break in half the moment they cry. And they're actually born to take on life. We're born to handle life. As long as we're not abused, we can handle disappointments. We can handle challenges. We can handle whatever we need to handle if providing we brought up. 
because kids cannot bring themselves up. They need an adult, and it's very important to stress adult. doesn't have to be the biological parent. Yes. It can be a step-parent, anybody that knows what they're doing. A caregiver. Can a, I use a the caregiver, word? absolutely. And the important thing is that every child has potential. They're born with potential, and every child wants to learn. So why is it that that potential goes at quite an early age, and why are kids choosing not to learn and choosing not to read? Those are choices. They're not remedial problems. What is your understanding of that? Well, I think, first of all, the moment they put in front of that TV (laughs) or they're being entertained, they start losing passion. So the moment a child says they're bored, when they're just not watching TV, we already got a problem. What I've also observed after doing hundreds of these assessments, that all kids that are, virtually everyone, that I've seen, whether it's for a learning problem, ADHD, you name it, they've got a few things in common. They only like to do what they like to do. The moment get, the going gets tough, mom, you do it. Mom, I can't. Mom, pick me up. So they tend to lack perseverance and then opt out of challenges. And then as they start not doing well at school, they don't want to try in case they fail. So what does this mean? It means that these children are very dependent on somebody always being there. Now, that dependency correlates highly with self-esteem. Okay. So in many ways, what we're doing now with kids, we're letting them know, you know a lot of kids are going to school because they have to. And they don't even have to listen because somebody's going to help them when they come home. Now they've got all sorts of uh, concentration problems. And there's a, uh, there's a, a, a term, learned helplessness. Right. And this is what we're doing with kids. We're teaching them to become helpless. We're saying it's okay to opt out because somebody's going to help you. The amount of kids that are in extra lessons, and they don't really want to go, grade ones in extra lessons. It's crazy. You ask the average kid, they want to go. They don't, but they can learn. And I, I really do have a big issue, the way we're going about things. And it's costly, and we've got the bigger, pop, the broader population that can't afford all of these therapies. And, and in all our training of all professionals right across the board, there's nothing on parenting, and it's very scary. When our main job is to help kids fulfill their potential and grow. Kevin, I want to come back to your book and look at some of the guidelines. But before we do that, you also mentioned values, Mm. kids and values Mm. or lack thereof. And we kind of assume that there are values that we all share. Mm. Um, We want our kids to be honest, have integrity, see things through the long run. But is it possible that kids are actually getting values from parents who have the wrong values themselves? Not even a question, because I don't think the parents realize that the moment they spoil a child or let a child just go out and lie around, have whatever they want, what sort of values are those? Click their fingers and mom hops around them. What sort of meaning are we giving these children? That they don't have to do anything. Somebody's always going to be there. And what happens is that kids remember, remember empathy comes with maturity and independence. And kids have to be shown how to care and how to understand other people's feelings. They're born very subjective, only about themselves. So the moment we just keep hopping around them and doing everything for them, they stay that way. And it's never their fault, and it's always someone else. And the fact that they stay at home and they're not socialized, and if I can use an example, only children. There's a common problem with only kids. They hang around far too much with adults. And as a result, they often have socialization problems. And those socialization problems are a problem. A six-year-old should be in a six-year-old world knowing how to deal with his peers, knowing how to be appropriate in terms of taking challenges, putting his hand up in class, and be keeping them in that bubble. And that's where the values come in, because they don't know how to relate. And at the end of the day, they 
they, they, they can be quite inappropriate in reading branded things. They're showing off. Mm. They just don't have their own ideas of what it is to relate. Just before I go off the topic, a friend of mine was on a blog about child raising, and she told me the story, which I'd like to share with you. And I'm simplifying mm. it just, just because I want to make the point. Um, a little boy brought 15 donuts for his 14 classmates for his birthday. And one child came and took three donuts, ensuring that other two wouldn't get any. The school called him in and said this is not acceptable, and he was not repentant. The school then called in his parents, and his dad said, good for the child, I'm teaching him to take as much as he can when he can, because I think that will enable him to get further on in life. And I think when you talk about values, maybe we shouldn't assume that everybody has our values and that there are parents who have different values to us. And in their mind, they're doing what they think is best for their child. Possibly, but there's no question that child is, there's going to be indications of all sorts of problems in that child. And if you look at why, it's in the home. It's because they're doing that. They're overindulging. The focus is purely on the child himself, where he doesn't care for anybody else, and it's only about him. Now, what sort of values is that in terms of relating to his world? And that's why I'm saying it, with only kids especially. Often they'll have friends over, and they want to be in control of their toys. Right. You know, so, but if you preempt, and that's one of the key things that I have, where you say to a child, right, even the teacher, you've brought all these cookies, you can dish them out, but everyone has to have. Are you happy with that? If the little kid says no, well, then we can't dish them out. So this is where the authority figure has to understand that. The same with children that don't share. Before a friend comes over, which toys don't you want to share? And we put them aside. Are you happy that your friends play with these toys? Fine. If you don't allow them to play with these toys, they confiscate it for three weeks. Are you okay with it? You get their buy-in. And if a kid gives their buy-in, it's amazing. They stick to it. So that this is what and you, what, what you say is, of course, sounds like a lot of common sense. We should know this, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, and, and your program, your parenting smart choice program, mm. is based on a lot of common sense. It's, and, you know, as I say, common sense is not that common. No. And that's half the problem. Well, well, I was looking through your book, and I, I was looking at the mistakes that parents made, and I'm sure I probably made every single one of them. And it's anything from inconsistency, routine, um, overprotecting, underprotecting, neglecting. I'm sure I've probably done every single one of them. As a parent... How do you find the balance? I think you've you got to be prepared to try and realize we can't be perfect parents. Parents are very reluctant to acknowledge maybe they're not doing it right in case other people think something. You'll find even on radio shows, not many parents phone in problems about their kid. They're wondering what people are going to think. So that's why they all say our kids are fine, they're not too bad, or it's a stage they're going through, they'll be fine, I was like that. It doesn't work like that. And it's a job we genuinely have lost the plot in. Uh, you know, it was very easy in the shtetls, when the little smaller communica- uh, communities, people knew their place. Yeah, we've got a world that is being destroyed by technology on one level when it comes to interrelating with people. Where kids don't have to have friends. I've got one little kid at the moment, 15. He's only got friends on the media, uh, on the internet, yes, whatever, and he doesn't want to ever meet them. Totally inappropriate at school. Not socialized, not doing well. Now, nobody's picking this up. So the kid goes for therapy. What for? It's all parenting. Where they've overprotected him. He's only been, you know, they're scared to let him sleep here or sleep there in case. But how are they going to handle life if they're not 
taught to do that. And that comes from parenting because we want kids to be excited about living, to get out there and know how to handle situations. A three-year-old can learn mommy's name and mommy's phone number. So if you go to the supermarket, you can say to him, if you can't find mommy, you go to that man and just tell him mommy's name and mommy's phone number and you'll find mommy. So it's all about that. You know, if I can just use another example, when the twins were 12, Zoe said to me, Ken, would I take her to Cresta to a movie? Erica didn't want to go. I went, dropped her outside, picked her up up three hours later. She went in on her own, paid for her own ticket, sat on her own, came out, I met her. If you tell moms that, their eyes pop out of their heads. My eyes are popping out of my head. But that's what 12-year-olds can do. And it was quite safe because she would have known exactly how to handle any situation. Mm. Had a person come and sat next to her, she would have got up, gone to the manager or walked out. She knew exactly how to handle that situation. There's a lot of security in the supermarkets. Mm. She knew exactly how to get to the car, what paused. She didn't, mm. wouldn't have got lost. We're not equipping kids with anything. Mm. And we've got to equip them because that's the reality of life. It's a tough world out there. Let's talk culture. You, you started yep. about uh, talking about the Khoisan, and mm. um, every culture has mm. its uh, ideas of child raising. I was reading, you know, how the Japanese do it, for mm. example. In the first five years, the children are absolutely mollycoddle, and then at the age of six, kind of like, you know, a time to grow up kind of thing. And um, we have all kinds of Western expectations. What, to what extent are we just culturally? M- Determined by whatever the dominant ideology at that time is. Smack kids, don't smack kids. Uh. You see, I think the important thing is we understand what our job is. Our job is to help kids grow up to take on life. There are three aspects that we have to look at, and that's the relationship with the parent child. The one is the emotional. We want them to be cooperative, take challenges, not give up, make good choices. Sounds wonderful. There's no definitive manual, but it's our job. So we don't even know what we're doing. The cognitive, which is the other aspect, that every kid can learn and must be educated, totally dependent on an adult. That we know a fair amount about, you know, but we also often mix it up in terms of IQ. You take a very overprotected kid, very shy, sitting with a psychologist, doing a strange test, anxious, and then they score low average, Mm. and all of a sudden he's remedial. In the meantime, he just is very scared. The the, The third little aspect is the normative. It's called the normative, and that's your culture. That's your morals and values. And all religions and cultures have good morals and values. So you bring your kid within that framework so that they can identify with that. And then, but at the same time, you've got to develop the cognitive and the emotional. That just, just yeah, doesn't happen. Together. And that's what we're trying to, what we've got to try and understand. But if we force kids, in, instead of trying to find out why do kids make the choices they make, mm-hmm. we then give them the whole big lecture. And there are two things human beings hate. Being spoken to with a big finger and a long lecture. And being told and what to do. And that's all you do. And being told what to do. And Come that's on. The, well, that's we the big finger. Us. That's the big finger. <laughs> uh, okay. You spoke also about an intelligent child who's shy and possibly. Mm. To what extent does each – I mean, each child obviously has their own personality. To what extent does one rule for all children apply? Well, it, you know, I think if we can understand what our job is, because every kid's got potential, every, uh, and one of, the, one of the aspects this is based on is Viktor Frankl's meaning. Our job is to help kids give meaning to their life. So if their meaning, how do we give, help kids give meaning to reading? You can't just read to them or put them a book and they don't want to read. They've got to try and understand the meaning they can get from reading or having to do things on their own. So if we're doing everything for the child, running around them, what meaning are we giving them? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and, and if you look at that, it's that logotherapy type of thing. It's brilliant stuff because we're not giving kids meaning. 
their meaning is that, you know, I'm just going to lie down and mom's going to hop around all over the show. And we're missing the plot that way because every kid's got potential. So if you've got a very intelligent child, and you hear it often, but my kid's so bright, <laughs> what does that help if he's getting 50%? <laughs> <laughs> it, means, <laughs> it means nothing, you know. But yeah. the answers are there. I think that's the important thing. Ken, do you want to talk a little bit about your book and what people who kind of either speak to you or read the book mm. will find to help them going forward? Uh, one of the things is that it's different, as you can hear. It's quite unique in doing all my, you know, I did a doctorate to evaluate the program. And in all my research, all the other evidence-based parenting programs of, are based on social learning theory and cognitive behavioral stuff. In other words, helping parents deal with their kids' behavior rather than understanding what they're doing is cre- that's creating the behavior. And I've had incredible results with stuff that they don't seem to be able to deal with, like in caprices, which is Soiling, bedwetting at appropriate ages, school refusal, a simple thing like that. They don't know how to deal with it. I get results within a couple of days by just making it the child's problem, which we don't have the time. So the whole idea of the program is to empower parents to empower the child and to have a calm home. And that's the most common feedback I get from parents. Their home calms down. And once it's calm, you're on your way. <laughs> Ken, um, if people would like to get hold of you, how can they do so? Or if they'd like to read your book? Yeah, look, at the moment, there are, I think, a few bookshops that have got it. I've got a website, smartchoiceparenting.co.za. The book's available through there. They can just order it. And I've even got an online actual workshop. I run workshops and I do talks at schools and so on. But I get results, and that's the difference. So it's a bit foreign to psychologists, but I do get results, and I think that's important. (laughs) What you said that I really liked is you get results in a very short time. That's it. A very short time, like the peeing the pants within a week. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is it's not the child's problem. It's the parent's problem. That's Deal it. with the parents. Give them tools to help them raise their kids to what we as our society expects from them, that's and you're well on your way. 100%. Great. And you can't just impose it on them. You've got to know what you need. Um, can, did you, did you, do you want to give a, a website address? Yes, www.smartchoiceparenting.co.za. If you want me to give my, my email address is uh, info at smartchoiceparenting.co.za and the cell number is 082-449-0335. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting. That was Dr. Ken Resnick talking about parenting.